in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh God, we ask you right now, God, that you were moved by your power, that you moved by your anointing. Sweet Holy Spirit, come in. Oh God, I ask you right now, God, that you would do what needs to be done in this hour. Oh God, I pray right now, God, that you hide me behind the cross, give me access and ability to minister to the third heaven, that I may rightly divide the word of truth. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray, amen. If I was gonna pick a topic, it would be don't lose your witness in the midst of a storm. Don't lose your witness in the midst of a storm. And we're gonna be coming from out of the book of Revelations 11, chapter of Revelations 1 through 14. We're gonna be talking about the two witnesses. And when God gave me this, I thought it was very interesting because I've studied this, I've read about this, but I never really got into the place that, you know, God has really given me an insight in it. And my topic is, do not lose your witness in the midst of a storm. What is a witness? A witness is, it says, of a person openly profess one's re religious faith. A witness is somebody that comes openly and profess their faith. They don't mean they got to be Christians, so stop thinking that. That definition is open. If it's a Muslim, a Buddhist, Hindu, Seventh-day Adventist, that's somebody that's a witness. They're openly professing what they believe in. And I looked up the word storm. A disturbance of the atmosphere. Marked by wind and usually by rain, snow, hail, sleep, or thunder and lightning. So we know a storm is something that is happening in what? The atmosphere. And this is a natural thing. But you're going to find out because you live in a natural body that these things affect your walk with Christ. That's why the average Christian or born-again believer cannot function in a storm. You know why? The second definition of storm says agitated, disturbed, because we're allowing agitation is a feeling or emotion of nervousness. It says right here, agitated state, a sudden or violent commotion. And this is what usually happens. That in our witness in the midst of a storm, we lose what we say that we have. We cannot stand. We get caught up in our emotions. We get caught up being agitated because the atmosphere is not what we like. Because we have not been trained as soldiers of Jesus Christ how to function in the midst of dysfunction and still do the work of the Lord. So we are agitated. We are frustrated. We lock ourselves up in the closet. We lock ourselves up in our mental state. And so therefore, we lose our witness in what we say what Jesus Christ is. And this is what happens to us in the storm. 
churches. For we, says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are mighty. No, so, excuse me. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God. For the pulling down of strongholds. In order for you to operate spiritually in a spiritual dimension because your natural atmosphere is not, you got to have you some power and you got to understand who you are and where you sit at in God. If I doubt God, I doubt myself and my gifts that I produce in God. So therefore, when the weapon is formed against us, the Bible says it shall not prosper, but why is it prospering in your life? Don't lose your witness. You're professing to being born again in Jesus Christ because you're agitated. There's a disturbance in the atmosphere. And you're getting nervous because of what you see. But the Bible says faith is not what you see. It's what you don't see. you got to understand what this is about. A lot of times things happen in our lives. All the trials and the tribulations that we've been going through has built us up in this state. But why have you allowed fear to set in and knowing that God is with you, but yet you don't see God because you used to get in something physical. Your physical blessings, houses, cars, and land, money, and riches, and jobs, that's how you connected with your faith. Now you don't have those things, so therefore God is knowing and born in your life, and you cannot speak nothing into existence because you have no faith. Because faith was only about what I saw. Or my abundance of blessings. So therefore, I have lost my witness because my atmosphere has changed. And so therefore, the gifts of God have become gnawed and void. So I'm looking for God in my house, in my car. I'm looking for God at the grocery store. I'm looking for God at the TJ Maxx and Marshalls. I'm looking for God at Ross. I'm looking at for God in Nordstrom. I'm looking for God in all of these ways he used to show up. But you don't understand. We have got caught up in the blessing and not the blesser. And so therefore God is withdrawing himself. You need to understand what is going on. So therefore there's no life in the church. People coming to the church or, or they staying at home and pretending to be fed by a quick message on Zoom or, or on Facebook. But yet, why you're not walking it out? The Bible says, work out your soul, salvation with fear and trembling. There's no fear and trembling. Everybody's locks and days and everybody's comfortable and thinking that this is going to pass. But guess what? Something about God. They stayed in Egypt for 400 years. They stayed in the wilderness for 40 years. Are you prepared to go through corona for another two or three years? I pray that you don't lose your witness. Because my atmosphere has changed. We're going to break up the three witnesses in three categories that God gave me. Revelations 11, 1 through 6 talks about the witness. That's preaching the message. The next one 
Corinthians 11, 7 through 10 is the witnesses are killed. That's the trials. Revelations 11, 11 through 14, the witnesses are resurrected. That's the victory. And I'm hopefully the Holy Ghost will allow me to break it out into the walk of Christ. God is something about himself. He don't have to reinvent the wheel. He just knows how to create it for where I'm standing at in my walk. So let's go to Revelations 1 through 6. And it says, now after the three and a half days, it says the breath of life, excuse me, Revelations 1, 11 and 1, excuse me, Revelations 11 and 1, the two witnesses. It says, then I was given a reed like a measuring rod. And the angel stood saying, rise and measure the temple of God. The altar and those who worship there. Believe out the court which is outside the temple and do not measure it. For it has been given to the Gentiles. And they will tread the holy city underfoot. For 42 months. And I will give power. To my two witnesses. The Gentiles was a nation. That was ungodly. So God has already turned. What was already Satan when he kicked them out. And, and Isaiah tell you. I saw Satan fall like lightning from, from the sky. So you've been trying to prosper. In a fallen world. With But he showed them the way. But on the other side of that, the Pharisees and the Sadducees that thought that they knew everything and know the book of Moses. God is separating himself from all of the five-fold ministries that have separated themselves because they have not done the first works. And that was go out to eat all the hedges and highways and spread the gospel, not with their philosophy, not what they wanted, not how to get famous and riches. So you want to know why that everybody Beyonce, J-Lo, and all of these people are prospering. They are prospering in the earthly realm because they're in the earthly realm in this fallen world. But you sitting there trying to figure out how, how come the pastor has a house and a car and a land and all of these big things that they don't need and their children ride and drive the bus, but yet you have not come up into the place. They don't even come to your house and preach your funeral because I don't care about your grandmama being in that church 40 years and bought a pew. He's too busy with something else and not ever thought about the labor that was there in the beginning. And a lot of these pastors are coming into churches that was built so 
of the days of old. They ushered in a prosperity ministry that God is drying up. And the people are left wanting, waiting in the balance, and not able to rightly divide the word of truth. Because that was what the pastor said. Their family looked apart, but he was a homosexual. The wife smiled apart, but at home crying. The pastor spoke these awesome words. He mesmerized me. She mesmerized me. But they had an affair with a man or woman. He said he's giving it over. A reed. Something they used to measure with. So God has been sitting back watching everything in the earth. He says, I behold the good and the evil in the land. So this went on for a while. For 42 months, he said this. For it has been given to the Gentiles, and they will tread the holy city underfoot for 42 days. I'm talking about the church. Look at what's been going on for the last year with the church. March will be a year. This is February the 2nd, 7th. People are not paying attention to the signs and the times because they're just trying to get to the next moment. They're just trying to get to the next day. They're just trying to get, and they don't understand when you go back and look from March last year to this year, you don't even understand where time went. But you don't understand that God was working behind the scenes. And while God was working behind the scenes, we should have been working on our soul. We should have been working on the power and the things of God. You need to understand something. God was preparing the people for now. And only a few people are going to be able to stand. Why is the gate now is the pathway if you find it? People are not concerned about their souls no more. They're concerned about when we get through this. But the children of Israel, for when they're for 40 years, America has not even experienced hard times. 42 months. He gave the holy city over to, to the Gentiles. You have not prepared yourself psychologically. See, you got to understand something about your mind. It's different than me planning how I'm going to live the next day, the next day. But when you have prepared yourself for the long haul, that's a whole different thing. And so many people are going to miss the move of God because they're thinking that the atmosphere has got to be set a certain way, but God always shows up mightier in a time of destruction and chaos. Israel! When they were there in Egypt, guess what? There was trouble, turmoil in the land. Even the taskmasters got even hard. But yet God performed more miracles. And desecrated all of the gods in Egypt and shown that he was God. 
Let's go. It says, and I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. It says, these are the two olive trees and the two lampstands standing before the God of the earth. Not only is he the God of heaven, but he's the God of the earth. He said, heaven is my throne, earth is what is my footstool. And a lot of times people don't even think that God is in control. They really think the president, they think that Biden's going to do it. They think that President Obama was going to do it. They thought all of these people were going to do it. They thought Trump was going to do it. But there's not going to be nobody to bail us out. God used Moses, which was a righteous man. But even he made mistakes. Even he failed. And sackcloth and ashes represent mourning. When the prophets got in sackcloth and ashes, that means the nation was in trouble. And they will go in front of the king's temple in the city and cry out and mourn about what they have done to the Lord, not what they've done to people. Because before, you need to understand about sin. What you do to God first, and then it happens to people. Because you have derived it and orchestrated it in your heart. So when you walk it out, you tap in flesh. But before you even tap flesh, you already tap the spirit of God. And the Bible says when we sin, we crucify him all over again. Because we don't understand. What this walk and being born again is about. We're thinking that we can just continue to go and get whatever it is that we need from God. But it comes a time that God gets tired. Yes, he's long-suffering, slow to anger, great in mercy and all of this thing. But now God saw that the hearts of the people were so hard. They were so careless. Huh? They were so made up in their mind huh? that they had no other choice but to allow something to come in and shut it down. Let's go to Jeremiah, the 12th chapter. Jeremiah, he's questioning God. Righteous are you, O Lord, when I plead with you. Yet let me talk with you about your judgment. See, sometimes we think it's too harsh. <laughs> but we don't see the depths of our sin that we have committed at the throne. Why does the ways of the wicked prosper? Why are those happy who deal so treacherously? I'm talking about the house of Zion and our treacherous and wicked ways. How we hide sin and perversion in our hearts. But yet, we cannot see nothing evil that we do. Verse 2. You have planted them. Yes, they have taken root. They grow, yes. 
They bear fruit. You are near in their mouth, but far from their minds. And this is what's going on now. We're saying one thing because we have been programmed as religious people to say Jesus. Something happens, oh God, stop it in the name of Jesus. But in their mind, they have no power because they have no faith. And now people are running to and fro. But they have forsaken the Lord. When you forsaken something, that means it's been a situation or circumstances or things going on in a continuous state. But you thought in your mind by you confessing a lie to your mouth that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead with all power, death, hell, and the grave and I am saved. You've been programmed. But faith is not in my mind. Faith is how I walk things out in the midst of a storm. That's your true nature. You don't want to believe that. You want to say, oh, no, the coffee burns me. No, guess what? The water was hot before you even let the coffee burn you. You need to understand what's going on in this hour. You have forsaken the Lord thy God in the depths of your soul. You come in here with false worship. You come in here in a state of apostasy, and you want to think that you're a martyr for Christ and all the calamity that you have caused in your house and the people that you have murdered in your heart. And how can you think God dwell in an unknown temple, in an unclean temple? Why would you think that you are not bringing up strange fire in the house of God? And you say, well, he didn't kill me. Because you don't understand, Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sin. That's why you have a right out of every situation. But we want to think then we'll walk in this thing out. You read in your Bible. But how can you read and interpret something when you got wickedness and treacherousness in your heart? And you continue to do the same things for year after year, day after day, and months after months, but yet there's really no change. You got to understand something. The Bible says, leave your gift to the altar. Repent. Repent means to turn from it. And the church and the household of faith have not, have not really turned from sin. And you go back to doing the same thing over again. But in our minds, we say that we're serving God. And the pastor told you religious minded, but yet you want to say, no, that's for somebody else. This is from the pulpit to the back door. You can walk over this if you want to because what God is going to do in this land is going to teach you and your children and everybody else that is not walking up under the blood, that is not walking up in faith, that's not walking up in the power of God. You're going to faint. And God has been trying to make us all frontline soldiers. But no, we want to gravitate to everything because Jesus loves us. Yes, Jesus loved me enough to die and slaughter himself on the cross for my sin. So I should allow him to slaughter me at the altar to break away all of the sin, the Adam nature in me. Because like David said, if I'm, I'd rather fall in the hands instead of a wicked man, I'd rather fall in the hands of God. Because he knows how to judge me. 
He is the greatest physician. He knows where to cut it and where to stitch it up. He knows where to leave it alone until the time has come for him to deal with it. But now, we say something out of our mouth, but it's, it's really not. We've walked in this thing the way that our grandparents did. And the Bible was left on account so we can have a record of what God has done. And we've taken all of his blessings, all of the things that we have taken lightly. Now he's withdrawing his hands, nothing but a little bit, because you got to understand something. That grace and mercy shall abide until Jesus Christ comes. Oh, but judgment is at the door. He allowed them to finish it out in the wilderness, but only what so many people was able to get out. That was his grace and mercy. Didn't cut him off in the wilderness. He still fed them. He still provided for them. But they didn't make it into the promised land. Are you ready to make it into heaven? Are you really thinking you're going that away? And you think that you're going that away the way that you really are? You keep thinking that. You don't want to change. You don't want to do anything else because you're stuck in your ways. you got to understand something. There's a spirit of comfortableness in there. Before it was already there in the land. And now Corona has put everybody in a lax state. And we're waiting on the government to feed us and take care of us and make all the decisions. But nobody's on their knees praying. you just trying to make it in your subconsciously day after day after day after day but there's something bigger going on in the spirit room and you're missing it because your face is not at the God's altar and praying and crying out not only for you but for the nation and the people that's making decisions pray for the peace of Israel anybody turns their back on Israel are going to pay a price I'm going to go back to Revelation Revelations 11. I'm going to start at verse 5. And if anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds from their mouth and devour their enemies. When Jesus Christ was here, nobody could touch him until his time had come. But look, isn't it strange that everybody's fearing death now? but they're not fearing where they're going to go after death. And if anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this manner. These two witnesses are going to have power. So when you're going out doing the work of God, you got to know that fire the Holy Ghost is going to proceed out of your mouth and no one by any means can hurt you because you have purpose when you have purpose God will move death hell in the grave so you can survive to do his will nobody could touch Jesus Christ until his time was at hand he said my time is not at hand Me and my father are one. When you understand, as you say that you serve in Jesus Christ, 
You will understand you sit inside of him and he does everything. You got to understand something. Jesus Christ mirrored and performed the perfect Christian or the perfect born again believer on the earth. He was the first because everybody else after him and before him failed. So Jesus, God had to send his only begotten son to be the example in the earth and to demonstrate in the working of the power that only that was residing in the prophets of days of old. You got to understand so now that power lives inside of you because of the book of Acts. I'm only giving you a mystery. of the kingdom of God. I'm only telling you what you're a joint heir of. It's more to it than just gimme, gimme. But do you possess power? He said death and life lies in the, in the power of your tongue. If you decree a thing, it shall come to pass. He said, hope maketh not a shame. My hope is in Christ Jesus that when he speaks to me, his word will perform what I said that it was going to do because it lines up with the word. Not based on my attitude or my destruction against my neighbor that I help cause calamity come upon. Verse 6, 11. Revelations 11 and 6. These have power to shut heaven so that no rain falls in the days of the prophets. And they have power, it says, over water to turn them to blood and to strike the earth with all plagues as often as they desire. Let's go on now to Revelations 11 and 7. The witnesses are the trials. A lot of times we don't like to go through trials and tribulations. We like everything to be at a certain place. If we can't, if everything in our lives is not where we think it is, we're going to reject the will of God. We're going to reject the work of God. We're going to reject the witness of God because you have not been trained. You need to understand something. God been trying to uproot you from your comfortability. God has been trying to uproot you for your stubborn and, and stiff-necked ways. God has been trying to uproot you for all of the things that was trying to prepare you and make you a soldier. That's why everybody's not qualified. Everybody was not qualified to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. That's why I was only 12 and went down from 70 to 12. You need to understand why do you sit that in the kingdom of God? Trial and test of the performance, quality, a stability of someone or something. <laughs> What is your stability? What is your foundation? What are you really standing on? And it's not so much what's underneath your feet, your stability. Are you going to be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water? That you shall not be moved. Where do you want to be? You determine but we have not prepared ourselves. We only prepared ourselves for the blessing. Outside of that, we have not prepared ourselves. But the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He making me to lie down in green pastures. 
He leaded me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leaded me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Hey, mama, mama, she Through my trials and my tribulation. God the Father is going with me. He's preparing me for everything that I'm going to face in this life. God does not put a soldier in a bad situation. He trains them up and sends them out. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. No matter how many piercings I take in my stomach and my back. I don't care how many times they try to cut off my head and my feet. The Lord is with me. Wherever I go, Job said, if I go to hell, he's there. If I go into anywhere in the substance of the earth, he's there. Where's your faith lies? Can't nobody preach faith to you. You've got faith going through the trials and tribulations of life. That shows you your stability. God is trying to mold us and make us. He's trying to put us on the potter's wheel for years. And yet, we have rejected the coals. But Isaiah said he took the coals and put it in his lip and God purified them. I'm the blacksmith that blows the coals on the fire to create an instrument for my glory. Nobody wanted to be created an instrument for God's glory. So therefore, we left there with just flesh. <laughs> I sound me something a dimly brass. Ain't got nothing inside of us. No word, no purification, no anointing, no gifts and calling because we done rejected it all. It came a time that Israel rejected God and God had to send judgment. They went into the Babylonian captivity. They went into the Assyrian captivity. You got to understand something. The Babylonians, they came out of that, but the Assyrians, they never did. Are you coming out of this Babylonian and Assyrian captivity? You anointed my head with all. That's your symbology. That's your anointing. That's going to cause my gifts, my discernment, my anointing to rest, rule, and abide upon me. What was inside of Jesus walking on the earth, now it dwells. It's in the indwelling of the Holy Ghost. And David, they anointed everybody king. But Jesus Christ anointed us from the inside. You still looking for the sign. The God said the sign is going to be the mark of the beast. But his sign is then dwelling in the Holy Spirit. My cup running over, this going to be enough for me. I ain't safe for nobody else. I can't care nobody. I can't feed nobody. You should have been like the, the lamps, the ones, that, the people with the lamps, the five foolish and the other five that came there that was, had the lamps prepared. And now they're coming to my house wanting to know, do you have an offer for me? No, I don't. And close the door in the name of Jesus and make sure because the deaf angel don't pass by, pass by my door. I had to mark it with the red sign and that was the blood. You can't come in and you can't get nothing out. 
because I'm not foolish. I design the times in which I live in. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house. Not at 1520 Taylor Point Drive, not at 2002 Lay Road, but I will dwell in heaven. There ain't no address. It's so big, can't nobody get lost because they're dwelling of the spirit. We earthly. We can't be at the same place at the same time. So you need an address and a social security number to identify who you are. But in heaven, there ain't no such thing. You better change your earthly into a spiritual mindset. Because Jesus knows who you are. He knows how to find you. Let's go down. The witnesses are killed. And when they finish their testimony, it says the beast that ascended out of the bottomless pit will make war against them, overcome them, and kill them. And their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt. I want to talk about that. Jesus Christ went around and did the will of his fathers until his time came at hand. But it comes a time now that you're going to have to learn and face the trial that you're in. Because one of the things about being an overcomer is acknowledging you're crazy. Acknowledging that you don't have more wisdom than God. Acknowledging that your book knowledge and your college experience and your good job don't mean nothing. Because as long as you walk around with that haughty spirit, God cannot use you. And we're not humble people. Smiling, don't get it. Hugging folks in the church, don't get it. But are you humble in your heart? And do you believe God is able to deliver you? This is an hour for the testing of the saints or the born-again believers. What are you believing in in these days? Because a lot of times when the trials and the tribulation come, people forget the Bible. They forget who they are, and their true nature start coming up. They don't want to come to church. They go to cussing and fussing. They come up, they come, all these different demons start manifesting in them because they was there all the time. Because a demon can't manifest if the door is closed. Some people are going to feel like Jesus has forsaken them. 
When Jesus Christ was going through the biggest trial, Matthew 27, 45 and 46 talks about this. He says, now from the sixth hour, there was a darkness over the land until the ninth hour. There's a darkness over the land now. And people are not trying to lift up the name of Jesus. No matter how many times the Pharisees and the Sadducees connive, tried to betray him, he continued to do his work. And when Jesus Christ hung on the cross, the earthquake and it grew dark. And he says, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? Every time I've gone through a trial and a tribulation, it seemed like the Lord has forsaken me. Even when I'm in prayer, it seemed like he's so far away from me. But I got the press beyond the break of the mark of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. I got the press mentally because the spiritual man is still pulling me. It is propelling me to go beyond what my mental state is. And people don't have a fight. They don't have anything. And that's why we got so many weak saints. They have failed to read the word of God. It's not what the fivefold did. You can't blame it all on them. When are you going to take some ownership that you forsaken? The Bible is fulfilling itself from Genesis to Revelation and warn you about wicked leaders. Warn you about shepherds and weaver and sheep clothing. Why you about the lies and the conniving in the Bible? You put your Bible down and turn on HBO. You allow Babylon to sweep through your house. You allow Sodom and Gomorrah to take a hold of you and your children. You allow the gods of Egypt because that's what the entertainment business does, and that's what they do. They create everything in the Bible. And that's why they could tell you Satan looks handsome and, and, and really good looking. He's not. He's a terrible looking demon. But it's got to get something to gravitate to you. The Bible told you it was going to sift you as wheat. He said, but I pray that your faith faileth not. God has already done his job. You need to understand that you have not done your job. The time is at hand. And God is pulling back a little bit to see who loved me. He's pulling back the veil. And the thing about it is when God pulls back the veil, it's really to show you what he already knows. So why do you think that you're fooling trying to scheme trick God? Because he already knows where everybody sits at in him.
But the thing about it is a trial was designed for you to find out where you really are. Instead of you trying to eat it, you, you regurgitated it. You spit it out. And you took the deliverance and everything else in vain. And then you come in here and don't want to praise them. You in your house and you about to have a mental capacity instead of praising and driving a demon out because you have no power. You have no faith in God. And you want to know why you come into the house and now God said, now you got to get it on your own. The apostles are wore out and tired because we have taken on too much responsibility. And now God is putting it back on the sheep. A shepherd will make the sheep go to the water, but he can't make them drink it. And when that sheep get dehydrated, because it can't go across the countryside. See, you can have food, but you need water. So you want to know why you're falling out because you're weak huh? and you're decrepit huh? and you're dry and you're weary. Huh? You got to understand something. Huh? Out of the belly flows the issues of life. Huh? And you want to know why you gushed out with all kind of vomit laying out there. And you let that dog return it back to what God already delivered you from. Don't miss your day and time of visitation. God may not visit you like he did before. This time, he may visit you with a loaded weapon where he was just trying to give you a nice little pitch for it. And you're going to say, well, God, the pitchfork, that, why you didn't give me another pitchfork? He said, because if you would have did what I said, now you got to carry the loaded weapon. Because I guarantee you, them big guns, they heavy. And they, and they full of ammunition. And God said, I'm going to give you this. Now, if you shoot up your own house, that's on you. Because I gave you the nine gifts of the Holy Ghost power. I warned you by the prophets. I warned you by my word. I warned you by the pastor. But yet, you didn't want to hear. You probably say, well, that'll make sense. God let Pharaoh kill his own self. Because he was so hell-bound on getting the children of Israel and went out there and drowned all them people and himself. The tragedy that we leave in our house. Let's move it on. God spent three days and three nights down there. Matthew talks about that. But in Matthew says right here, Jesus clearly told the disciples, the Pharisees, he would be in the heart of the earth for three days and also three, for three nights. Matthew 12, 40 says, for as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish. I pray that you can survive in your belly of, of turmoil. you can survive in your three days and your three nights in the belly of your situation because sometimes it doesn't come real until we feel the whole pressure see we didn't realize that the angels and the word and the pastors and God the father was holding us up and we didn't feel it everything we thought we were we were just clamming and acting crazy and all of this oh but now you finna go three days and three nights in the belly of your situation 
I pray that you don't choke on the nasty stuff because you've been gurgitating it out anyway. So God said, I'm going to make you lay in what you did. That's what he did with the prodigal son. Found there with the pigs, right? Till he came to himself. Verse 9, Revelation 11 and 9. Then those from the people, tribe, languages, and nations will see their dead bodies three and a half days and not allow their dead bodies to be put into the grave. And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them, make merry, and sing gift to one another because those two prophets tormented those who dwelled on the earth. Let's talk about that. I'm talking about the church. How? We don't want nobody to deal with our mess. And you still are rejoicing. Only oh, from Amazon going to Walmart doing everything. Oh no, I'm laughing because huh, they ain't trying to hear what they got to say. Huh? They gonna get it. No, it's not me. I'm gonna rejoice. And you slaughter them in your spirit, man. Oh yeah, they going through now. Ask your friends and everybody else that tried to help you. But because they said one thing to you, you didn't like, you murdered them in their spirit. But you forgot. God don't do stuff the way we do. Basically, life kept going. And they left you there. In your dead state. But we're going to find out that Jesus Christ will never leave you. And they were rejoicing because the people told the truth. Like I told you before, you look like a true prophet, you're going to look like a lying one first. But see, people can't mentally deal with that because they want God to do it right then and there. God said, I'll give you the word and I'm going to test you by the word. I'm going to make you look bad. I'll make you look stupid. I'm going to make you look like everything. But you better hold this word that I gave you. And the time and the time comes again. And God will show you that he was with you and he was building strength and character in you. That's why he gives you another job harder than what you had before. And those that still kept ordering, still kept going on with the days, they're going to see something. So there's nothing like the power of God. There's nothing like the victory of God. He'll make all your enemies be right there like he prepared the table before him, the presence of my enemies. And he'll make them sit there and they can't do nothing. They're going to be mesmerized because they thought you were crazy. They thought that you missed God. And then they find it out that he was there all the time. God said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. He said, I just turned my back just for a minute. But I was trying to test you to see where you at. Now that you passed the test, here come the glory. Revelations 11 and 11. Now after the three 
and a half days, the breath of life from God entered them, and they stood on their feet, and great fear fell on those who saw them. And they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, Come up here! I want to tell you about that loud voice. They heard it in their spirit. Because the Bible already tells you that we don't die, we just sleep. I'm not worried about this flesh. Don't worry about nobody dying. They in Christ, they just sleeping while we still going through life, while we still going through the trials and tribulations, the ups and downs, while we still the every day going back and forth to work, going to Walmart trying to pay bills. We still in the rat race. But God said, because I found you worthy, I pulled you out of the earth. I pulled you out of Babylon. I pulled you out of the day's work, and I allowed you to rest. And now I'm going to send victory. here and they ascended to heaven in a cloud God raised them up so all the people that were busy got a chance to see the power of God just like Jesus was three days and three nights in Hades he rose he said don't touch me I haven't ascended to my father yet. See, couldn't none earthly touch something spiritual. See, that's what you don't understand. Huh? When you're in a process huh, and a thing and a working for God, huh, you got to understand something. Nothing in the earth realm huh, can touch anything holy. Huh? Because as long as you stand before the Lord, as huh, long as you fasting and praying and reading the word, as huh, long as you doing what God has called you to do, you're holy. Let those who are holy be holy still. Let those that are filthy, that's not doing what I called them to do. Come it up with all kind of excuse. Let them still be dirty. They still turning on the faucet. And God said hot and cold can't come out the same thing. Either you're going to be one or the other. Oh, but we're making excuses. Why are we double-minded, split-minded? While we're not doing the work of God, because when you stand before the beamer seat, you're going to have to give an account of your works, good and evil. And the first account you're going to have to give account to is why you didn't do the mission of God. Oh, I raised children. My job was more important. Oh, my mama, my daddy. Well, they did this to me. They did that to me. Cain killed his own brother. At <laughs> least you did survive. God said, if I didn't want you to survive, I would have killed you. And the enemy saw them. In the same hour, there was a great earthquake. And a tent of the city fell. It says, in the earthquake, 7,000 people were killed. And the rest was afraid and gave glory to the God of heaven. Sometimes you got to go through in order to get the victory.
But God can't let you not experience nothing because your pride, which is already there, because the Bible tells you about the works and the sins. He said pride comes before a fall, but sometimes you got to fall in God to become somebody in God, because I hate to say great. Sometimes you got to fall in order to get your purpose. And you need to see what's going on. You need to understand what the spirit of Christ is saying. Don't lose your witness in the midst of a storm. When you know that God has your back. When you know that God has his hands on you. And I'm talking about faith people. Because what's beyond salvation? See, now you got salvation, but yet Corona got you scared. What's beyond salvation? What's beyond your confession? Jeremiah 12. He said, you are near to their mouth but far from their mind. What's beyond salvation? How far do you want to go in the gospel of Jesus Christ? What are your goals? What are your plans through all of this? Are you willing to go through however long it takes in this pandemic? Or are you just going day to day? God is looking for people to endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. People not trying to endure. They're sinking in their thinking. They're drowning in their capacity. See, it's one thing to drink water and drown. They, you ever, back in the day, people used to drown from water. They used to drown in a little bitty pool of water. See, that's another thing to drown in your brain from your own thoughts and worrations. Are you going to rise up and let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus? Don't lose your witness in the midst of a storm. I pray that something's been said and done. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.